I'm telling you, boy, I got them boys. I thought I was trying to kill them, boy. podcast it's at sensational show that's sensational with a z for all you people that can't spell or hear uh this episode 27 so we took a week off last week because i did i did five podcast episodes for three different podcasts and i was absolutely burnt out on podcasting i did not want to see a microphone or see a computer for about a week or so i was just tired very very tired of it for a minute so Sometimes you have to reboot and and regroup, and and that's what I did. So we're back, <clears throat> and obviously, uh, at the time of this recording, the, the Gators, the Florida Gators, had already played their first football game on Saturday, um, and we won. You know, uh, it wasn't the most fantastic thing. I don't often do sports oriented podcasts, but uh, I have a very good young friend with me today who is very deep into the University of Florida and deep into college and even high school, uh, high school football. Um, you know, him. he kind of looks like Millhouse, uh, <laughs> and he's a really good kid. He's a really good kid. And he's, uh, uh, he's now attending the University of Florida. I think it was pretty much a lifelong dream. He's gone through some trials and tribulations to get there, but he's got there. Uh, he's a journalism major at the University of Florida. And, uh, I think he, I think he's going to have a pretty, pretty decent career ahead of him. He sticks with that path. So I'd like to welcome to the show Harrison Whittle, um, and you'll know him on Twitter. Uh, he's he's a real good kid. He's 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 a lot of fun. Um, pretty intelligent, ugly as fuck, but you can't you know you can't have everything. So <laughs> you did choose violence. Yeah, you know, from the from the get go, Harrison. Thanks for coming on. What's your area code? Shout out your nine area five. code because I nine five four, right? Yeah, nine five four, Broward County. That's all you do is shout out your area code if you're from South Florida, like and Duval, like it, it's you know nine oh four. I have Barry on one time to at some point to talk, to discuss that uh, this whole Duval thing is he's like the king of of Duval County of the 904. So Harrison, thanks for hopping on, man. How you doing? How's Gainesville treating you? It's it's just good to be home, man. Like it took I felt I wanted to be here two years ago. Kind of had an idea I wasn't gonna get in at some point around my sophomore junior year. And 
took two years of pandemic, 60 days on campus at another school. And it's, I'm just glad to finally be here and be here for a football season. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how appropriate is it that like, so the year after a pandemic where you probably couldn't have done anything, it sort of worked out that you're here in 2021 because now you can do everything that you wanted to do last year would have sucked. I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, I like, I was high risk for this whole pandemic. So like I like living in Austin last year, being at home, like not on a campus, the only, like the two games I could have gone to was Texas A&M. And, but I knew like they were having 80% capacity at the time. So like yeah. missing that really hurt. Cause that was a two hour drive. I did make it to the bowl game um, against the school I was actually at. So that was kind of like really awkward. (laughs) Um, We're not going to mention that school. I don't give a fuck. No, I don't. I don't really give one either, especially after this year. Once my friends leave, I really don't give a fuck about that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, by the way, you can swear on the show whenever you want to. I don't. Okay, great. Good shit. Yeah, exactly. Good shit is right. So, uh, so let me bring this up real quick. And I started out by saying, like, shout out your area code. And you're from South Florida. You're one of those South Florida crazy people that thinks, like, your whole identity is wrapped around your fucking area code. But um, why is it that that area seems to be like that? Like, is it strictly like a football thing? Because so many football players come from those area codes that it's like, it. it I mean, you're probably the first region in my memory to really do that. And, and you're like right in the middle of that stuff. And a lot of the older guys still do it. So it has to have been going on for quite a long time, but so what's up with that? Like the nine, five, four, the five, six, one, three Oh five, you see it on Twitter. Like every time it's even not for your favorite team. Like there could be a kid playing for the university of Arizona and somebody from South Florida is going to be like five, six, one. So what's this? Why? Why? So there's a lot of pride with South Florida of just being from South Florida because for I don't know maybe thirty percent of the year, it's mostly like not mostly but there's a lot everyone from Canada, New York, the Northeast, like Chicago, everyone comes down there and spends the winter. So for twenty five percent of the year, like there's a lot of people who aren't from South Florida like living in our city or like our I call it the, in like the tri county. So. Being like those who are actually from there, there's a lot of pride, like in just being from there, like, oh, I'm from here, like I'm from Broward or, oh, I'm from uh, like Carroll City or something or or like down or town or Miami. Like that's really like kind of how it started. And once like social media kind of started, the the whole process of seeing kids from overtown like leave and go to alabama it's like okay well they're not playing for my favorite team but they're still from like they made it out of a bad neighborhood or like they're from this the area i'm from so like like when chris bogle does something good he went to cardinal gibbons which is st thomas's rival school but it's still he's from broward so like everyone kind of knows everyone in broward and miami Mm -hmm. because they all played either little league together or they all have like a connection because the school zone the school zones are so close together and there's terrible zoning laws so kids hop around schools all the time so like everyone kind of knows each other in in the whole athlete scene that's kind of like why there's a lot of pride with the sharing area codes and i was gonna say it feels it feels like a lot of community pride which is fantastic yeah because 
um, that also sort of kind of got you in because all those districts are so close and because all these kids know each other. Um, it sort of got you in with <clears throat> a little bit of stuff on the recruiting scene and things about going to camps. And, you know, I've seen the pictures and you told me some stories about going to the camps and doing recruiting. Is that something that when you were younger, uh, not like you're old, uh, but uh, when you were younger, does that, did you latch onto that as something that you really wanted to do that, that piques your interest? Cause you, we've always seemed really excited about being involved in that. Yeah. So honestly, what a lot of people don't know about me is until probably I was like 12, I was, I was the big, I wasn't even a football kid. I was baseball first. Like I played baseball. I played third base and first base. I carried around a little stat book when I was a little kid. And like, I did fantasy baseball from, I was six years old. I grew up, I grew up going to like 20 Marlins games a year and buying like $10 tickets. Cause didn't know one ever goes to those. So, <laughs> so baseball was like my thing. And then I, I had, I had this, I had a few health problems around 12 and I had to like give up sports and cause I made the choice for myself. And then I just couldn't watch nine months of 162 games a year. So I quickly became an, interested in like journalism and football and just trying to do anything with sports. So my parents put me at St. Thomas cause that's the best sports like program in the state and for football, maybe even in the country. So I was bored one day. I knew the Dean was the strength and conditioning uh, the head of strength and conditioning. I saw him and the athletic director, the great George Smith and I said, how can I get involved? I just want to be a part of the team. They said, come out. Um, our practice filmer like graduates in two weeks. Uh, he'll train you. And I went out. I went to practice. And then I just started hanging out with all the kids because they were in my class. And one day they sent me to they sent me to the opening regional. And I, had, I, I knew what the national one was, but I didn't know there was a regional one. So they told me to go out there and film our players doing reps. And I just was like, okay. And then I saw the list and I'm like, okay, this kid's going to Alabama and he's here. And then it was like, I was like, you're 10 minutes away. You're 15 minutes away. And it's like, <laughs> there's, there's like 71 kids on this list. I know from like 24 seven at heritage, like, oh my God, like everyone's so close. And it kind of just like took off from there. Cause I started seeing them at tournaments and track meets and all the games I'd work. And then they'd be like, oh, you're the kid from the opening. And that's just kind of how like I got so in involved and, the cool part was like being the same age, you could like, I got the experience of like hanging out with them on a personal level and everyone else kind of just sees them as, oh, these kids play football. Right. Yeah. I think it was, I think that's one of the positives to how you sort of came up through that, you know, beginning stages of that is you were in that age group. So it was very easy for you to identify with these kids because, you know, they're not just football players. They're still, they're still teenage kids are going through the exact same things that you're going through. Uh, they just happen to be really good at football and uh, not that you couldn't have been really good at football. I don't think you were. Been football, oh God. But, no. uh, <laughs> that's a whole different story. And the fact that you like baseball and you're from the, uh, uh, you know, South Florida area and you're wearing a Boston Red Sox hoodie, which I hate, I hate every Boston sports team. So that's really annoying the fuck out of me right now, but I'll, I'll let it go. Hey, you're, let it and go. you're stuck with me and Trev. 
Yeah, I know. I know. Poor Triscuit. I give him so much shit on Boston sports. It's it's, it's awful. I, I And I don't feel bad about it. Don't get me wrong. I don't feel bad about it in any way. But uh, yeah, he, he, he does not like when I, when I talk bad about Boston sports. So now that brings you to, I mean, we'll, we'll skip through some things, but um, journalism school, like, yeah. Did you, did you feel like that was a natural progression from what you were doing to say, Hey, I want to be in journalism. I want to, I obviously I want to go to the university of Florida. It's probably one of the top, uh, in my estimation, one of the top five journalism schools in the country. If you look at ESPN and a lot of other sports channels, there's a lot of University of Florida graduates not only working in front of the camera, but also behind the camera in production and writing and yeah. um, set design. Like they're all over the place. Um, ESPN campus at one point had, I don't know, it felt like 5% of their entire staff was from the University of Florida um, from the journalism school. So um did you feel like yeah, that Jeff was a Darlington was my Jeff yeah. Darlington was my uh, like guest speaker on Zoom yesterday uh, last week in class like in the, in the second week I was like week two and we have someone from ESPN on as like our guest speaker I was like holy shit yeah well I mean look you know Professor Stryker has that kind of reach like you know, he's taught yeah. a lot of these guys he's taught a lot of these guys yeah he's, and, he said he's like oh class. you my student in O two or I was like yeah O two. <laughs> You're in fantastic hands as far as the path that you've chosen. Like you couldn't, yeah. it, it'd be difficult to make a, a better choice than, than the choice that you made. How far, so you're on, so you're on the path, you're on the path to being in the journalism school and tell me about how that has progressed and got you into like doing the stadium and Gale spots and, and, and the things that you're doing with Harrison on campus um, and the YouTube videos that you're starting to do, the one that you and Connor did was absolutely fantastic. Uh, it was a really good jump off point for uh, for what you guys want to do. Is that something that you feel like uh, is going to help you as far as training and teaching you about being sort of in front of the camera, behind the camera with your writing, with your interviewing process? Like, are you looking at that like this is my, this is like on the job training in a sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've always wanted to do something with sports and ever since I had um, like the health stuff, I haven't really figured out what the hell I've really wanted to do. <laughs> like for a while it was, Oh, I want to be Scott Van Pelt. And then it was, you know what this like covering football and recruiting and on, on like on campus thing is cool. And then it was photography and videography. And then it was like my sports management like sports management's my minor, and that's like kind of my backup plan or option that's always going to be there. So right. I've kind of just like when I applied here, they're like, "What do you want to do? Broadcasting, sports, sports media, journalism?" And I'm like, um, "Can I just like do journalism, like overdo the whole thing?" Because I don't really, I've had a hard time committing to like which one I want to have like a major in. So like I'm kind of just being vague and like taking some broadcasting classes, some yeah. writing classes, so. You have plenty of time to, to figure out what you want to do, you know, like it, yeah. you're, in the, you're in the beginning stages. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. So no, but like that, for Stadium and Gale, let me, let me give the shameless plug here for a minute. Um, for Stadium and Gale, I'm going to be going, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm trying to do more content with players now that I'm on campus. Um, I wanted, I'm supposed to be like going to fraternities and sororities and doing like rapid fire content with people on campus to, and like 
students because honestly student when the students are more involved honestly anything can be more fun so yeah that'll that'll be a big boost for like social media and youtube um and like if they want if there's like something cool like ar jumping over something on a shirt like if there's something like that that they can put on a shirt like that students will wear i'm trying to like see what students would wear that's yeah. trendy like related to the team and all that stuff now that nil is a thing all right so well we'll we'll hold on because we'll get to the nil thing in just a second but did you get any good shots at your pool party today that you spent four hours at or are you slacking <laughs> um, i'm slacking you're slacking all right see I'm slacking so, today today uh, today's a rest day that's an f for the day harrison whittle so let me get let me get professor striker on the phone and we're going to discuss this we're going to we're going to discuss your class behavior and your grade point average right now. <laughs> um so with the nil stuff how do you think that sort of changed the the experience in college football with recruits i mean you're you got your kind of your ear to the ground you hear things you see things you know things um is there a whole lot of excitement with the players for the NIL or are they sort of tempering that to say, well, let's see it, how it plays out. You know, I don't know what I can do. We've seen, and, I, and I'll stick with the university of Florida stuff. We'll see, you know, we've seen some of the players selling shirts, doing interviews um, and things like that. Is it, is it really a big a deal as the fans think it is for the players uh, or are they kind of like, eh, we'll see, you know, how it works out. So in the grand scheme, it really is a big deal. Um, for some kids, like, I don't like, who's a University of, I'm not saying Tebow because that's not fair. Like, who's a University of Florida player, like, that you can remember who got by and you kind of like, who always had money and like would never really have to worry about this thing, like throw that, for example. Right. Like, T like Tebow or I don't know who, I'm not going to say a person on this team, but everyone kind of knows who it is. It's not that big for a couple people. So for like people who are financially stable, who come from two parent homes or come from money, like, or don't haven't really had to stress like, and just play football because they're good at it. And then they have, they're a great athlete. Like it's not that big a deal. Like the money is there, but like, for example, for someone, it is a big deal. Like I'm not going to say the player's name. I went to his house in, april and his house off campus and i asked him if he had a i was like yo do you have any gatorade he's like okay if you want a gatorade i gotta drive you two blocks to 7-eleven and i'm like what the fuck why he's like because i have literally like eight dollars in my bank account he's like i have 18 dollars in my bank account i have to make it three more days till my stipend I'm like, why he's like well i just leased a new car and i had to pay my rent and that was my entire stipend i went back <laughs> I went, so he's like, if you want something from here, it's tap water or cereal. That's all we got at the house. Aside from what I get for meal wise from the team. He's like, I got to wait three more days. And then I went back to his house and obviously like I just bought him a couple like cases of Gatorade or whatever, just to fill him up for three days because he let me stay. And so I go back in, in July to his house just to hang out for a couple of days. His entire fridge was fully stocked after NIL had kicked in. So like for for certain kids, that's a humongous, like kids, yeah. even families, like that's the humongous deal that for however long college football has been a thing, hasn't been legal. And these kids have been taking money for, from Johnny on the corner or whoever 
just to fill their fridge, like send some money back to mom or whoever. And like for them, that's where the, the NIL deal has been the biggest impact so far. Yeah. And I, I, I think that, I think that the, I think the fear of, you know, these kids getting wealthy, you know, some people have commented on it, even in the national media, oh, they're going to get wealthy, you know, they're going to get rich playing college football. Like, there's very few people who are going to get the kind of money that it's going to take to to make anything be like generational right. wealth. You can, like, like you can probably, I mean, like generational wealth, I don't even, I think maybe the only one could be the, could be Thibodeau, and that's because he's at Nike World and is about to be a Nike poster boy. Right. Like, right, that right, might, right. like him, like I know Spencer Rattler's gotten by, I know Bryce Young has gotten by, but there's probably like a handful of guys who are the poster of, oh, these kids are getting rich, like people thought. And it's the five best, it's like five to seven elite names in college football who are going yeah. to be in the first round of the year, or people are taking the investment like Bryce Young and trying to get ahead of, oh, when next year in July, we're talking about Bryce Young being a top seven, pick, right. top five pick. It's, it's, it's amazing to me that, the kickback that some people have gotten with the NIL, like the, the pushback, not the kickback kickback. It's funny that it kicked back. Cause that's interesting. But, <laughs> um, the pushback because look, I mean, these kids have been taken advantage of forever as far as collegiate athletics to be able to give them any kind of money to yeah. their name, image and likeness. Like I have no idea how you cannot be behind that. Not like, I think my major issue with some of the NIL stuff is, is, are, is it, you know, are the kids getting the majority of the money? Because that's where really the money should go. Um, they should be funded with their stuff. I like the kids that are sort of doing the stuff on their own. They're printing t-shirts, yeah. they're signing autographs, they're, they're doing things to, to help themselves, obviously with some backing, with some help. Right. Um, with some advice, maybe a lawyer or an accountant or a friend or something like that, that's pushing them in the right direction. I just don't want to see kids being taken advantage of on a totally different level. Like they've been taken advantage of forever. So now you come in and you're like, okay, we can make this, this, and we can help these kids get money, but we're going to get rich off of it too. Um, because at that point, at that point, you just become like one of the handlers that everyone hates that takes money for a kid to go to a school. We all know they exist. Let's not. Yeah, they do. They, yeah, mean, absolutely. They do. But are these kids, especially in, and we'll talk about the university of Florida only because I don't really care or know about any other school. Are these kids getting the proper direction from whoever the administration has hired to, uh, to sort of help them along the way? So they're not being taken advantage of. They're not being, manipulated in any way do we have a good process in place to help these kids maneuver through these new nil new nil rules i mean i'm going to say yes but um i'm gonna say yes but the the whole process of nil is so weird like I think in a year, maybe two, some of these rules are might, I can totally see them changing because every school has a different system for how they're doing this. And at every school you talk to, it's like, oh, you're doing this. Well, we're doing this. And it's like, 
almost it's like stretch the rule the the line on the rules is like stretched so thin to, and how far <laughs> these schools are pushing. <laughs> oh yeah, like, sure. Like UF is like I think they have a good system. I think they're they're now like they're a couple like it's September fifth. Like they're getting to where some other schools were July first, but some other schools like have had their system ready and and I'm not bashing UF by any means whatsoever. I'm just saying like every school and how they're doing money is different. Um, some schools I know make you go through compliance to do an NIL deal. Some schools are just like, okay, talk to the kid, whatever, our comp- just have our compliance review it when the deal signed. Like, right. um, but a kid, the kids are getting most of the money because no school wanted to be that school where they're like, oh, well, we're taking – 50% of the kids value. And because no kid's going to want to go there when 85% of the other schools are like, you can have a hundred percent of your name. So like no school is really like taking the money from the kids unless the, like the, I think the big issue is like school logo on the NIL deal. I think then the school will take a cut. Right. So like if, if someone used the Gators script on a helmet logo on a t-shirt with their name on it, like I think Emory had that. As, but it was a prototype, and then on the actual shirt, it doesn't say Gators. It's just an orange helmet. So like right. that's what, how he can keep 100% of the money. Now, with – like there are some firms and agencies who are doing like, like NIL agents or endorsement agents just until these kids get to the NFL and then the contract goes away for a percentage. But I haven't heard anything of a kid getting less than 80% on any deal that they sign through – if they have like CAA representing them or something like that. So right. at least kids are getting 80% on a bad day, which is still was, a lot. Yeah. Which is still great. And I would think that there wouldn't want to be any agents or schools or entities that are, are heard of like taking more or majority of the money from these kids. Like yeah. I mean, that would, that would be a very, very, very bad look for anybody involved in the NIL stuff. But, like, I guess I wanted to, you know, get the reaction from the players. Are they excited? Because obviously we have a lot of guys. I mean, it's the first year or the first, you know, time that this has happened with the NIL. Um, Has the outlook changed as far as being a college athlete uh, with the NIL? Like, has has the outlook changed from the fact that, are they not only looking about the fit for recruiting wise, the fit for the, for the style of play, the coaches, et cetera, et cetera. But how much has the NIL issue creeped into the recruiting process for these kids? In a way it's huge um, for legal reasons, but in a way it's also, it's, it's honestly like giving, certain schools and i think florida like florida like florida north carolina and like smu and the la usc i know you're not a fan and that other school in la um it's giving them a chance to and also texas is also really up there to have a chance to compete with the schools who have already been doing the same thing as NIL for the, I'll just call it that for the last 10 years or or 10, 15 years, like the Bama's, the Georgia's and so on. So I think it's going to maybe possibly level the, like it's not going to be 
oh, every school is great. Now I can make money wherever I go. I'm going for education and playing time. Like that's just not how the world works anymore of college recruiting. Um, right. It's going to be what's good for my brand. Like every kid now has their own logo. Every kid now has their own brand. Like in high school, like now kids are going to be like, okay, where can I play? What has a good track record? Can this school get me endorsements? Can it get me to the league? Can I make money playing X position at Florida? Like at Florida, I think the easiest marketable positions is probably quarterback and corner because of the history of corners. Would you agree with that? And yeah, whoever the Percy Harvin player is at Florida, that's always the big one too. I was going to say that there's there's probably one or two wide receiver spots that could probably capitalize yeah. on that also. Like, um, but like if Percy Harvin had NIL, he would have been he would have been Gatorade. He would have Tim and T would have been Gatorade. They would have been everywhere. Yeah, I still I still think with like if 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 NIL had existed all this time, I don't think even with today's money compared to money from 13 12 13 years ago i do not think that there would be any player that could reach the level of monetary value and face time that Tim Tebow would have de- uh, oh, yeah, oh my god there's it's, yeah i mean he's just so marketable <laughs> it's uh, look i yeah absolutely he's marketable like there'd be uh, he could cross gaps of everything it just it's yeah. amazing. I just I wonder if former players think that now. It's like, God damn, I wish Terrell Pryor. I wish I, wish I could have fucked. Well, yeah, uh, he he didn't have a great time selling uh, autographed items either. Yeah, so which is now like how well, so a lot of these which is now completely which is now completely legal. It's it's like the irony of of he, like someone I know made thousands of dollars for doing this for like two, for I'm, I'm scribbling with my hands like on a air piece of jersey <laughs> or whatever for doing that for like two hours on helmets and jerseys. He made thousands. And yeah, Terrell Pryor's right. like the Terrell Pryor career pretty much ended because of it. Yeah, exactly. It's, I wonder if the former players look back and say, "God damn, how come you know?" Like, like Reggie Bush should totally right? get his Heisman back. Like, that's the number one issue. Like that, that they won't uh, let him because they'll never admit it. But nah, they won't. But they should. I totally agree. What is what is the funniest? We're gonna change gears here for a minute. And um, what is the funniest? recruiting story that you've ever been involved with with recruiting a player oh god um <laughs> on this um hendo's is pretty funny on how that went down um <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell this we're five years in and he's gone so the one commitment edit i ever leaked uh he asked for a miami commitment edit and i sent it to um, a couple people higher up who would have some influence and had something to say about it in a coaching position at a certain school. And they were, and then 30 minutes later, I got cursed out over a DM by CJ. <laughs> so, <laughs> because of oh. that school, that school had apparently called him like five times in a half hour. <laughs> oh, well, that was a good move though. That was a good move. Solid Watch move. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you feel like yeah, that's you, definitely um, one? Oh my god, there's one. Um, no, I can't tell that one. Never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never mind. No, don't worry no. about it. Do you feel? Do you feel like at all that like you ever want to be involved more with recruiting? Like, like, but like on a university level, or like, is journalism kind of your lane? 
or do you ever see yourself maybe being involved with like a UAA organization or um, a recruiting office at a university? Like, does that ever pique your interest to be involved in that? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I you, love. To I mean, you've be. kind of been you've kind of been doing it since you were 16 years old. I mean, let's face it. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I wanted to be. Like, I was coming, I was going to camps, like, and going, being in Dallas, being in Austin when they had the opening in, in Dallas. Like, I was going to the opening for two years. I was going to seven-on-seven seven tournaments whenever I was home, like, just to see my friends play. And then I got kind of sucked into it. And, I mean, I always thought the process – I've always said since I was, like, 16 or 17 and started to see a couple kids pick the wrong school and – then be like, I told you, I can't, you were kind of right. I've always thought there should be like a group of people, like a group in recruiting with no say in it, no stake, who should just like advise the kid on it. And if like it works out, they get a percentage of like their first, like a 2% of their first contract or something like that. So there's no stake. Like, right. Where like based on the kids sit fit and situation, should they like go to school? Like, and stuff like that so i've kind of always wanted to like it's always been about the kids um like for always for me like everyone thinks oh you're gonna tell every kid to be a florida gator like and now if i'm working in the building absolutely absolutely every well, that's kid kind is, of your it's kind of your job like, at that point right but but every like i will tell every kid they want to be a florida gator like i will sell the you know what out of the school but like for kids who aren't coming here like and just hearing about where they should go, I'd be like, okay, well, you're not, if you go to Georgia, you're a three, like you're a three star and going to be seventh. But if you go to like, if you go to UCF, you have a better shot of starting three years and being out of there because you have enough good film. So like things like that have always interest me, interested me. Um, I took sports management as my minor. So if, if I ever did want to get into that, I could, but I know the hours are long. The location isn't really great unless you're, probably the best or damn near close at your job. So right. if I ever want to like take a risk or something like that, it's there. If I ever, and I mean, I love to do it as a student too, but if, but journalism is like my safe, consistent option for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, look, you're, you're, I mean, you're getting really good at it. Let's face it. I mean, I'll give you a pat on the back for a minute. I don't do that for a lot of people, but, um, <laughs> but I'll do it for you. Um, <clears throat> no, you're getting pretty good at it. Like, the, um, I know Connor has uh, uh, Connor has is doing very well at it. Also, I hope he's given you some of the ropes. And um, I like Connor a lot. He's such a good kid. He's a really good guy. Um, I'm not a fan of the recruiting services. I never have been. I never will be. Uh, and I, I always hold Connor's feet to the fire on that stuff. But yeah. um, I think you guys would make a pretty good team. You guys plan on working on some stuff together in the future with Stadium and Gale, or was that interview um, that you guys did, was that kind of a one-off as a team? Um, yeah, we're going to do some stuff. Um, so for on-campus stuff, it's going to be mostly me because I'm here and Connor's in Orlando. Um, so like if I if, if something like the Blades thing is going to happen again, like Connor might help me write, write the interview or <laughs> like co-write the questions or stuff like that. And just have me do it while like from my apartment or somewhere on campus um but there, no we haven't we just haven't done anything lately because the season's been starting um i'm i was in the process of moving here um but and moving from austin to fort Lauderdale. i mean we had to reschedule this like three times just because it took so long and it was for austin again but we had to reschedule <laughs> it three times 
I miss Lauderdale. Um, uh, I know. We, no, like we had to reschedule this because it, it just kept taking so long to get settled with class and financial stuff, like paperwork and moving in and going out in football season and you had stuff and you were burnt out. So like, yeah, I'm, I know. I'm, I can't wait to do more stuff with stadium and Gale. Um, I'm excited. Um, possibly have one other, th- one or two other things coming up soon that I haven't, I can't really speak on yet, but um, yeah. I really do enjoy making content. It's, and now if I'm like here with the amount of athletes and talent there is on campus um, and the amount of people with big time influence on social media, like I'm really excited to like do some creative things again. What kind of talent on campus, Harrison? What kind of talent um, are you talking about? <laughs> athletic and redacted. And everything else. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. Um, do you hate the Chucky doll at this point? I'm just going to throw that out to you. Um, no, I don't. I never, I never got tired of that shit. Um, it, to me, it, it stopped meaning shit when we beat Miami. So once we I beat know. Miami, like they couldn't say shit. I mean, they're both still in college. Like one, I'm, I'm still shit. cool with, I'm still cool with one of them, but the other one has an amount of the shit. So like, yeah. It, you took, you it, took shit it hasn't worked for anyone. It hasn't worked well for anyone who's used it and abused it. Like we all remember Byron Coward. Look, the Chucky, the Chucky jinx is real. I don't care what anybody says. That is a that is a real universal jinx. It, it as a, as a baseball player, as a former baseball player, who's one of the most superstitious people, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baseball players are notoriously superstitious. So, are you superstitious? Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah, you are okay. <laughs> um, here's my super. Is, I, I mean, there's a lot of superstitions. Here's my Gator superstitions. Um, before the game kicks off, I always put on the same hat if I'm watching on TV at home. Um, if you're at the game, it's a different hat. It's if I'm at the game, it's a completely different hat. I have a very old block F hat. I'll wear it around the house before the game starts on TV. Um, when my wife and I first got together. She bought me this little Albert that has batteries in it that sings the fight song and moves around. I always put that right next to the TV on the little hutch that she has there. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I have certain superstitions like like everybody does. I think that watches football. I don't have a favorite shirt and all that kind of stuff. It's a hat thing with me. It's every everything's a hat thing. You know that. Like yeah. of course. <laughs> So, so when I played baseball, when I played baseball, my big superstition was don't step on the line when you come off the field. Of course, that's Absolutely. pretty standard. And when you, go on, when you go on or you come off, you never step on the white line. You never step on the white line and go coming out of the dugout. And my weird one was whenever I was pitching, I had so like at the park I played, they had a slushy machine. I, like whenever I was pitching after the first inning, I'd come in and I'd just have to have a slushy, and I'd be the only kid. And like in literally every kid would be pissed off because yep. my dad was like the assistant coach, so he would like be like, "Look, here's like, like it's it's a superstition." The one time I didn't have it because the machine was broken, I threw. I was like, pitch, I pitched the worst game of like a ten year old ever could. I don't think I got a single out, and then I was like, <laughs> I have to have it. <laughs> So a very good friend of mine, I'll tell a quick superstition, a baseball superstition. Um, a very good friend of mine was um, in college. He went to St. Leo, played baseball. He got drafted by the Royals, um, played up till double A. 
great pitcher, but um, got hurt. But anyway, so he played in St. Leo, and he always had this ritual that when he went out to the mound from the dugout, he would he would step over the white line, but before he got to the pitcher's mound, he would do like this little skip step. It was like, I'm getting ready. So he would always like skip a little bit before he got to the mound. Um, one game, he didn't do it because he had a sore ankle, a little bit of a sore ankle. So he didn't want to. He got absolutely shelled, like shelled all game. Came out like the third inning, gave up like nine runs in three innings. Just absolutely just shit completely, completely shit to bed. The Orioles so, should call him. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, so he comes in and obviously he doesn't think it has anything to do with the fact that he had a sore ankle. He had a bad outing. It was all the superstitions. I forgot to skip. I should have skipped. Blah, 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 etc. <laughs> so the next game he comes out, the next game in rotation, he's feeling better. He does the skip. He's playing against Eckert College. He strikes out 19. And he, he never, he never, he never missed skipping again for the rest of his baseball career. He played professional baseball in Taiwan for about three seasons uh, once he healed up from his injury and, uh, and still did it there, skipped to get to the mound. Uh, so uh, baseball superstition, if you ever talk to like a real baseball player that's really into baseball. They will give you a list of superstitions. Yeah, how they how they grip the bat, where they put their bat, what they do with their glove, like how they bend the brim of their hat. Like it's there's so many baseball superstitions. I, I wonder if that translates to football at all. Like I, um, I don't think it's the same. It's not the same. Like every football player has like their pregame ritual, but it's like pray, listen to a certain song, but nothing like like De La Torre said. I remember De La Torre told me he he got a pick brand new pair of batting gloves once that was like 30 bucks first game he wore the new batting gloves he like he was white hot before he started oh for three with with the new gloves he took the gloves off next next at bat got a double like hit a double to like right field hit it perfectly off the wall or something threw the batting gloves out never warm again <laughs> so like yeah baseball players are like on a whole nother level of um superstitions yeah they do so I want to uh, I want to really thank you for for hopping on and um, man like you've been a uh, you've been a, a friend for what gosh maybe about five years how old are you now by the way how I'm old are you twenty one this month I think you I think we first met when I was like sixteen or seventeen maybe yeah it was seventeen yeah, it was right, yeah it was right around there it was right yeah around there. so you, you turned twenty one in September. Yeah, the 29th. Oh, look Mark, at you. Mark, I can't wait for this gif. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm prepared. Let, let me put that in my calendar right now, as a matter of Bully fact. Bully <laughs> um, The 29th, no. Millhouse. Mill, I'm literally going to label it my calendar as Millhouse's birthday. birthday. Jesus yeah, Christ. Millhouse's birthday. No, so no, my best friend's birthday who goes, who goes here is the night before we play Alabama. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's uh, gonna be good. Twenty-first birthday. Be long. Yep. <laughs> oh God. Uh, I hope they survive. I hope they survive. Yeah. So I got the Tampa Sun this week for USF. Uh, my friend's twenty-first in Alabama in a seven-day span. So that's gonna be a. This is gonna be a fun week. Yeah. Well, I will see you. Um, I will see you on Saturday. 
Yeah, let me know. Um, I'm still going to be there for, if anyone's. I'll I'll be there for the I'll be there for the tailgate. I'm not sure if I'm going into the game or not, but I'll I'll be there. It's for hot. The it's too it's hot. hot. Like, it's hot. It's fuck it. One o'clock game. Fuck if I, if my cousin didn't live five minutes from Ray J, I wouldn't be going. Yeah, it's so. uh yeah. I mean Raymond James has absolutely zero shelter. Um, for a one o'clock game. I've heard. I mean, it's it's, it's better brutal. than twelve, I guess. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I think so. You might get a little bit of afternoon sun if you're on the right, if yeah. you're on the correct side. But um, yeah, it's not going to be great, man. It's going to be brutal. Ooh, be brutal. One, one more thing. One more thing yeah. I want to talk about. Do you? Do you? And then this is me asking you. Do you believe in like signs? And this is going to be weird. This might be weird. Do you believe in like signs that like after someone? dies or someone's gone like they're with you or now oh yeah like, okay so my first game on my first game day and i haven't told this story i don't think to anyone yet so my first game day it's like 1202 in the morning and like me and tice had always talked about coming here together while he was in santa fe and i was at ou like and then he got in and then i was gonna be here like we he had talked to me about working toward that over COVID a few months before he passed away. And it's like 12.03 in the morning on my first game day here. And Dixie Landelight comes on at the bar I'm at. Oh, Jesus. And I was like, I literally like, I legit had to leave the bar. I was like, I was kind of happy, but I was like, it, it was bittersweet. But so well, yeah, I just, well, I just want to talk, tell that story real quick. Cause I miss, I miss my friend. I think I've gone to see him like four times at the, I don't know what's what's that thing called that Andy got him? Or, uh, like uh, baller, maybe. Ball, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, gone to I've see um, that, like every time I walk by the stadium. Yeah, I've gone by um, probably a half a dozen times. Every time I'm in Gainesville, even if it's not for anything to do with games or tailgates and stuff like that, uh, I always stop by. I always stop by yeah. and see. I always stop by and see Tice. I miss that little fucker. Like, I'm uh, him, man. like crazy. <laughs> so. Uh, one for Tice. <clears throat> I only have a Gatorade Zero. I but, have an empty uh, water bottle, but one, for one Tice. shot for one shot for Tice. It's not a bush light, but it'll do. So. <laughs> I had one with his dad that morning at like nine in the morning too, and I was like, I never even liked Bush, but I'm like, all right, I'll 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 pound this one back. It's my first game day here. Yeah, you know what's funny is I've had a few people on um on the show on different episodes, and and Tice gets brought up a lot by um the people that we know commonly you know yeah um, and a lot of people miss that kid a lot of people miss him and like i said every time i go to gainesville uh, i always swing by and and say hey to him and and see how he's doing and tell him what's going on and you know all that stuff so i definitely miss the kid and <clears throat> on that note harrison whittle uh yeah I know you got some other things and some other irons in the fire and things that you're going to be doing. And, and hopefully we'll get some announcements here at some point pretty soon. But after all that happens and after all that settles down, I think maybe we should do like a mid season check-in. What do you think about oh, that? Absolutely. I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely down for that. Uh, what, before Georgia or what do you think we got like on the bye week Yep. All right. Yep. That works for me. Like, I just want to say like, I know we talked about Tice, but like everyone on Twitter who kind of who either helped me or motivated me to get here, I I can't thank you all enough. Like 
you guys eventually became like Trev's Trev said this on the show, like that that became like my second family. Like whenever I was bored in class or had anxiety or was depressed in Texas, like I'd always just check in with you all and you all kind of like pushed me. And I don't know how much I really love this place if I didn't come to the tailgates. Like I know I'll always love this place, but I didn't know how much I would actually appreciate this like tailgating, like being around Trev, Tice, uh, Zach Williams. Yeah, um, like everyone at Annie's tailgate, you, um, Connor, Connor a lot. Like, if it yeah, weren't for all of you, so. fuck Connor, fuck Connor. <laughs> so I can't thank you all enough. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's just well. I mean, yeah. you've always got you've always got friends here, man. No and my mom, I mean, if she ever listens to this, God, God forbid, she ever listens to this. I can't thank my mom enough too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna send her a link. I gotta figure out no, how to send. No, her a link. no, 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 don't, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Well, my friend, um, thanks for hopping on. Like I said, I wish you all the best. Uh, we'll be in touch. I'll probably see you on Saturday. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, there, we're, we're not, we're not always that far away when you need anything and, and I, I wish you all the guy. success in the world. Hey, you know, stay with your studies. Don't get distracted up there. I know. Don't I'm get distracted. Sir. No, keep your face in the book. Have some fun while you're there. Keep your face in the book because you're not going to be there forever. So um, I'm trying to be. I mean, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure you are probably. Yeah, like, <laughs> the pool parties are fun. So I mean, they uh, they told they told me like you have a two we have transfers on a two year plan, and I'm like, uh, I kind of want to take a fifth fall already. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, man, um, take care of yourself, and uh, and we'll be in touch soon. Thanks for coming. on. I'll see you really soon. Always right, anytime. Let me know. All right, go take a nap. I'm going to. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. I want to thank uh, I want to thank Harrison a lot for for hopping on and and talking about some of the stuff that he's got going on with uh, uh, with his journalism school and his background with recruiting and the things he's doing with Stadium Gale and the NIL um, and having fun with the Chucky stuff and the Millhouse stuff. He's a good kid. <clears throat> uh, you should definitely. Look for him doing some stuff on Stadium Gale, some reporting with uh, with Connor Clark. He's doing a lot of on-campus stuff and uh, really kind of spreading his wings for a young kid, 21 years old. He's been around the block a little bit, and I'm sure he'll do very well. And uh, I saw when I was on earlier today uh, this particular gentleman who uh, I will introduce in one second. He said, hey, I want to talk some – I want to talk some, some Gators. I want to talk some Gators football, and I thought, well – I want to talk some Gators football too, but I'd also like to talk some photography because I know that this guy, and I want to talk a couple things very specific. So I want to introduce to you um, a guy that I've followed on there for an extremely talented photographer, uh, Alex Shepard. I think it's, uh, I think your, your at is agent Shep, my friend, Alex, um, you want to go by Alex or Shep? You can call me whatever you like. Uh, get both sides. <laughs> I like Shep better than Alex, actually. So I'm going to call you Shep. Shep, thanks for hopping on, man. You were like super excited about talking about some football. Like, are you uh, are you are you glad the season has started? 
Oh man, I'm, I'm thrilled. And, you know, I'm a fourth generation Gator myself, you know, a lot of my family's gone to UF. So every time the season comes around, you know, it's a, it's a great time, not only for photography, but just because, you know, to be back in that environment, it's just, it's just unbelievable. So glad to be back for sure. Yeah, I know. How'd you feel about, uh, how'd you feel about what happened on the field on Saturday night? Like, uh, give me your quick take, quick take, quick sports take. Okay. I mean, how quick I give you my elevator pitch. Uh, no, get all the, give me the take. <laughs> Give me whatever right. you got. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I think that everyone's in some sort of consensus for the most part. You know, obviously, we got off to a really great start. A lot of people were excited that, you know, we came out, scored 14 points fairly quickly. But, um, you know, in general, I think Emery is getting a lot of hate for, you know, his performance. But at the same time, he was – I think he was averaging like 7.4 yards per carry. And, you know, some of the throws were off for sure. He missed some reads. But, you know, the guy has earned his chance to lead the offense and is very capable – of, of doing that. So I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, improve this next week against USF. I'm, uh, I'm also really excited as I feel everyone is about Anthony Richardson guy looked incredible on his feet was just nuts juking guys left and right. And that six, four, two forty, two forty five. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. So um, overall defense looked good. Um, I think that, you know, we'll definitely learn a lot in, you know, the next two weeks, especially two weeks from uh, Saturday. Um you know, with Alabama coming to town and uh, see if we're the real deal. Yeah, I thought, uh, so I'm sitting here watching the game, obviously, like everybody else is watching the game. And um, so the first thing I said, when, when, when Richardson like leapfrogged that guy, he had a tremendous stiff arm at one point, he jumped over a guy, then has a 70, what, 74, whatever it was, yards yeah, it was like a 374. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's kind of hard to ignore that, but uh you know, I also like the fact that Emery did leave a couple of scoring drives down the field. You know, I thought he didn't look particularly crisp, um, but, you know, first game, get it out of the way. We'll see what happens uh, game one to game two. I'm pretty excited about our process. But then again, I'm, you know, I'm just I'm also just excited for for football with fans in the stadium and the atmosphere you know, the college atmosphere is very different. It needs to have that fan and the student section and the band and the, and the cheerleaders and the whole thing. Like that's, you know, that's a good percentage of what makes college football really great. Don't you agree? Yeah. I mean, uh, last year, you know, I, um, unfortunately wasn't able to shoot the regular season because of, you know, COVID protocols. They limited, photography credentials to you know like ap getty network photographers and then like uh only one or two team photographers i think were allowed to shoot as well and so you know that obviously was a, a big difference for me not getting to attend any games other than the cotton bowl which you know we don't want to talk about but um <laughs> you know yeah no. so but it's it, even going to the cotton bowl even though the experience is great the stadium's awesome you know only having I don't remember how many, but, you know, 15, 20,000 fans in the stadium felt completely different than walking into the swamp this past Saturday with, you know, 86 plus thousand people screaming and cheering. So definitely makes it all better. Um, you know, obviously I want everyone to be safe, wanted to make sure that, um, we, you know, there's no COVID spikes due to it so that we can maintain that kind of atmosphere the rest of the season. So that remains to be seen, but yes, loved the atmosphere. Glad it's back. Yeah, I follow you. Uh, I've, I've I've followed you on 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 Twitter for for a little while, and I just I, I I felt so bad for people that were in your position that put their, you know, that put their selves out there 
and doing the photography and you weren't allowed to be in the stadium. I can't imagine how frustrating that was for you going through like the fall practices and the season and in the games that we played, that must've been incredibly frustrating. And obviously, of course, everyone wants to be safe. There's a reason that they did it, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, on a personal level, that also must've been very frustrating for you. Yeah. I mean, I was sitting back and obviously I understood this, the severity and the seriousness of COVID and, and wanted to respect that. And, you know, uh, I think that you look at last season, everyone was trying to be extra safe, you know, keeping as many people out of the way of the players as possible to try and keep the game as clean and, you know, keep them safe and, and what have you. But, you know, I was, I was looking at it like, you know what, like we're, we're standing and sitting 50 feet away, sometimes, you know, 30 to 40 yards away from these players taking pictures. You know, I don't see how, you know, we would transmit it. I, you know, I said, I'm willing to wear a mask. I'll, I'll get a test before the game. I'll, you know, I'll do whatever I can to get on the field. And it, you know, just didn't happen to, to work out. But, um, you know, this year, um, uh, Alicia Bush in the communications office was, was a huge help and a huge voice for us, as was Tim Casey, the head photographer for UF, who was always yeah. advocating for us to be, you know, let in and given access because of, you know, last season was just so tough. So, <laughs> Um, long story short, I'm just glad to be back out there. Last year was yeah. an anomaly, hopefully, and, uh, we'll continue the good work this year. Yeah. Tim is a great guy. Um, also very talented, but he, Tim is a really good guy. How did you get into photography? Which by the way, I don't, I don't mean to say, and like skip over the fact that say Tim's talented, but, um, you know, look, Alex Shepard is pretty freaking talented also, by the way. No, well, T- Tim was obvious, you know, I saw a lot of Tim's stuff, uh, you know, over the past couple of years before I actually got into UF photography specifically, that was really inspiring. And so I look up to him and he's incredibly talented as is Courtney and the entire U- UAA staff that, that works photography on the field, even all the students, um, that are out there. Um, but I started photography a long time ago. My dad was actually a UF photographer, uh, worked for a company called Flash Photo uh, in college when he was going to UF. And I always had a camera with me, you know, when I was younger, because he was trying to teach me, you know, oh, go take pictures of a, a bird or some nature. And eventually I made my way to a Gators open practice and took some pictures at an open practice and posted them on Twitter. And a former Gator beat writer, Landon Watnick, reached out to me. Uh, he was working with inside the Gators at the time and said, Hey, you know, what do you think about maybe shooting some practices for us? So I went out there, shot some practices. They liked what they saw and they said, okay, well, how about a game? And I went out, shot some games. They liked what they saw and said, okay, well, how about a bowl game? So kind of just snowballed from there and, uh, kind of been bouncing around from publication to publication since then, you know, just whoever needs somebody for the season and, uh, you know, slowly but surely trying to improve my equipment to, uh, to match the amount of work I'm doing, you know, a lot of guys I look up to like, uh, Matt Pendleton, you know, David Bowie, a lot of these great photographers that, uh, dedicate their lives to UF sports photography. I mean, that's uh, Brad McClenney. I could go on and on, but, um, just trying to live up to those guys and, and how great they are and Tim Casey and, and all of them. And I'm looking forward to continuing to improve my, uh, my skills. Yeah. Um, and you're with, uh, you're with, uh, SI Gators right now, right? Yeah, so the first game, um, I this past one against FAU, I actually shot for Swamp 247 for that game oh, nice. alone because uh, Zach Goodall, who's a writer for SI All Gators, that's All Gators on Sports Illustrated, 
you know, he said, I want the experience to shoot like one game. And I said, you know what, you, you go for the FAU game. I'll see if I can get credentialed with uh, 247, which, you know, fortunately Thomas Goldcamp and Blake Alderman were able to help me out with getting a credential for that first game and uh, shot it for them. But I actually had a really quick, funny story. So I was actually speaking during the game with Bob Redmond, who's a writer for 247. And oh, yeah. he, he was saying, hey, you know, uh, this was, uh, I think it was, uh, third quarter going into the fourth quarter something like that and he said hey you know could could you send me a couple shots so i could have something ready to to post at the end of the game something along those lines and i said yeah sure sure so i went back and i started editing some photos and i kid you not two minutes after i get into the editing room to edit you know a couple shots of the game that's when anthony richardson broke off that 73 yard touchdown in that cor- <laughs> and, I, and i was in that corner of the end zone too and i was ready to get it and i walked into the photo editing room and missed that so very uh, sad about that, but anyways, um, yeah, that's my little uh, story for the day. Oh, that's a missed opportunity, huh? Yeah, it, it happens. You know that yeah, that game honestly that. wasn't my game. Everyone was running to the opposite corner of the end zone that I was not in for like the entire game, and that just happens. Sometimes it's your day, sometimes it's not, and you know a lot of photographers know what I mean. Yeah. Whether it's like a ref standing in front of you or them running the opposite direction from where you're at. Yeah, I uh, we interviewed um, Zach from uh from si gators and also from si buccaneers so yeah um really good guy really good really good guy so i wish him success i was both success with si gators so <clears throat> doesn't um and i and i know this is kind of a, a different kind of show but um but doesn't thomas Goldcamp have like the most punchable face in the history of punchable faces <laughs> Uh, no, there, there's some guys out there, for sure, but, uh, but not no, no, I Thomas. Love, I love Thomas. I love Thomas Cole is Cam. a great I guy. I, I, nothing but positive things to say about Thomas. He's always been a, a good help to me. You know, if I ever needed anything. Except that he has a punchable face. It's okay. You can say it. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll just leave it with a no comment. Just I'll in defer. Case I'll in defer the with it. Yeah. You can defer <laughs> with a no comment. It's fine. <laughs> so are you going to be now shooting, um, are you going to shoot the rest of the games with uh, with all Gators? Yeah, so uh, Zach Goodall has uh, worked with me and uh, gotten a season credential for me for the entire season of home games. Um, so that includes Georgia as well. And then um, actually just, I want to say yesterday, or the day before, I was approved to go shoot the USF game here this Saturday as well. So I'll be traveling down to Tampa uh, bright and early Saturday morning to uh, get my credential and uh, shoot that game. Nice. Is that the, is that the, for obviously besides Georgia, have you shot any other um, road games? Um, true road games, uh, like during the regular season, I don't think I've shot any. Um, I've, I did shoot the Miami or uh, game in Orlando. Um, I've shot the Citrus Bowl, the Cotton Bowl. I shot the SEC Championship. Um, I think that's all the away games that I've shot that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Well, it's nice that it's, you know, two, it's two hours from Gainesville also. That's, yeah. that's pretty handy for, um, for that, you know, able to shoot USF. Like it's, I, I live in Pinellas County, so I'm like 30 minutes from the stadium nice. and uh, it's nice to actually have a game this close. Like that they, they don't play obviously USF very often and to have a, <clears throat> you know, to have a home and home kind of, game and be able to come and play at Raymond James. It's nice that it's that close. It's, it's, it's really nice. I grew up. So a little bit about photography and part of the reason that I wanted to like talk to you and, and promote you and, and all that stuff. And we'll, we'll send out some links and stuff. So 
hopefully people will will tune in and hear that. But I grew up in a Kodak family. Um, All right. Like back when Kodak was a thing, I think I had a camera like handy from the time I was four years old. Almost my whole family worked for Kodak in Rochester, New York. So I've always loved photography. It's not something I ever really got into like hobby wise, but I've always been interested in it. And it's you, you take some pretty immaculate pictures, by the way. What's your what's a couple of your favorite shots that you've ever taken? Like in because you, you have to have some favorites, like opportunities that you were like, oh, yeah, I'm in the perfect spot. That's the perfect oh, yeah. picture. I'm going to pat myself on the back. Well, I mean, there's there's two or three that I can remember in recent memory. You know, one of them, um, I, I had my beginner level camera. I when I shot first back, you know, two or three years ago, when I was really getting into it, I shot with a Nikon D thirty three hundred. Which if you which if you look that up, that's like the the basic beginner level camera that's not meant to shoot uh, any big sporting events. But I was using that, and I had just changed a lens out in the uh, photo photo room, and I walked out. And right as I walked out, I was on like the 10 yard line of the, um, I guess that would be the away side of the stadium. I was sitting over there. I just walked out and that's when Brad, uh, Brad Stewart, excuse me, Brad Stewart picked off Joe Burrow. um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah. Against LSU and returned it for a touchdown to seal that game off. And um, right when I saw him catch it, he ran by me and I sprinted to the end zone because I saw him cheering and no other photographers were running over there. So like, I'm going to get in here. And so if you actually watch the replay of that game, you'll see me sprint into the frame and get like down on my knee to take this picture of him with his like arms spread out wide open. And uh, so that's one. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's one. But I, I also didn't know how to edit very well. So I did like a really shitty edit on it with like some heavy vignetting and it just, it looked bad on the edit, but that photo itself is one of my favorites. But then uh, probably two of my other favorites. I mean, there's a ton, but two of my other favorites came in the same game, which was the uh, Auburn game in 2019, where uh, the first being uh, Freddie Swain's touchdown on that first drive, where he came straight down the field uh, from a throw from Trask. Oh, yeah. um, yep, yep. That that one, I got a, a really cool shot of him running right toward me with the defenders falling behind him. And then uh, that same game, I was also in the corner of the end zone when uh p ryan broke off that like 80 yard run right down the sideline um the video that was taken by uh, um, olivia granola i don't know if i said her last name right but olivia she's a, she's a videographer and uh i haven't seen her this year but she got that viral video of that touchdown from the end zone uh yeah yep i was sitting literally right next to her and if you listen really closely you can hear me screaming in the in the video because <laughs> i was behind, i was behind the camera like oh my gosh so, uh, but yeah, those three are uh, probably three of the the tops for me. Those are really great memories too. Like that. Oh was, yeah. Um, I mean, especially the um, the P the, the P Ryan run. Like when he took it, the the crowd noise in the background. Like that's just a fantastic video, a fantastic moment. That you know, uh, I don't think if 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 you've watched the game and you saw the game, it's that's one of those things that you never forget. And the fact that you were right there, sitting next to her when that video was shot, that's that's pretty cool. Are you looking forward to um, how we're going to finish this season? Like I know we're at game one, so we can't get to game twelve already. But what's your confidence level? What's what's your level like going for the rest of the year? Or are you going to like a game by game basis? Like it's too early to tell. 
Well, I mean, I, I definitely think you need to look at it uh, on a game-by-game basis. I don't want to get too down or too high on the team based off of, you know, one performance. Now, if we come come to, again, you know, and play Alabama and, and smoke them, you know, 49 to 10, then I might be saying something different. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to take it game-by-game. I think that we have an incredibly talented team. Um, I think that the guys that we have in place are, are positioned to succeed. You know, we have a lot of guys who um, – who have been with the team a while and understand the system. And, you know, I, I, my boy, Jacob Copeland, I hope he gets rolling soon. I, I have a lot of high hopes for him. Um, you know, but, but we'll see, man. I, uh, I, I think we have a good chance with a lot of the, t- the games of the season. I think that obviously Bama, Georgia um, are going to be the two real big ones to keep our eye out on. And then uh, obviously, you know, if LSU keeps up their track record so far this season, maybe that one, but we'll see. <laughs> are you there seems to be a very definable split in the fan base of uh what people think of our of our head coach are you a Dan Mullen fan are you are you are you a fan of of him and his coaching and his coaching style or him personally well so it, I actually got called out on this because way back when we were searching for a coach I was not a Dan Mullen fan I thought that bringing him back was going to be um, you know, just like the, the easy pick, it wasn't going to be like the exciting pick, like, you know, like a Scott Frost or whoever, like a Chip Kelly, but obviously we dodged bullets on both of those. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> but, you know, I was the guy who I, I wanted the exciting pick. I didn't want the safe pick. And so when he first got uh, hired, I was not a fan. Um, but since that point, you know, he's won me over uh, in a lot of ways. Now, are there places where I think he could improve and, um, you know, make me like him more sure you know i think that there's times where he has some missteps in you know some media stuff where he says something that comes off wrong or um could have been said better um but ultimately if it comes down to coaching you know i'd say he's got a a pretty good grasp of it and that he's a a pretty solid coach yeah i'm i i'm a i'm a dan mullen fan i do I i think obviously like you said you know there are some things that he could do different maybe some changes he could make um you know, I, I kind of dig his personality. I think he's kind of funky and aloof and a little goofy and weird. And I think that's that's kind of cool. It's a little diff- refreshing from the the coach speak interviews and you know the faces that you you know that he makes. And it's just kind of weird and different and quirky. And I think it's fun. Like I, I mean, he kind of makes it fun. You know, he's a little he's a little sleek and a little slick, and he's got a pretty quick wit and. I just think it's it's neat, you know, instead of a coach sitting in front of a microphone and making the same statements that every other coach makes and like reading from the coach script, you know, if we had that coach, our fan base would be saying, oh, yeah, our coach is boring. He says the same stuff after every game. So it's it's going to flip. You I mean, you either you either like him or you don't like him. And it doesn't matter what he does. Like you, people just have a bad perception of him or something like that. But <clears throat> I do agree with you. I I, I was. I was in on the hire when they first hired him. Um, I, I, I made the mistake. I did. I honestly, I did think Chip Kelly would be a decent hire. Um, you know, I'll own that. I don't, I don't think it would have been a great hire at all. I don't think he would be here right now, to be honest with you. I, I think they, I don't think he would have made it to year four. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that, that you know, I, I, I hope he's the guy. I want him to be the guy. I really do. I'm rooting for him. 
I want him to to win a title here. I want him to to make his own legacy here and and get out from underneath the shadow of of Urban and all that stuff. And so I'm rooting for the guy. And I'm rooting for you, Agent Shep, Alex Shepard. I'm rooting for you to have a fantastic season with photography. Maybe we'll see you in Tampa. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. And, and you know, my last comment on Dan is going to be that, you know, all I want to see out of him is to be a little bit more cutthroat in the game. I just want to see some big Dan Mullen plays where he's not afraid to, you know, throw some deep balls and do some trick plays. That's all I want to see. But, uh, but anyways, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this season. I'm, I'm super excited to be back on the field, bringing people uh, some quality content on, uh, on all Gators on Sports Illustrated. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, nothing changes where they revoke access due to COVID and we can stay safe and uh, keep the shots rolling. Yeah, definitely. Shout out your, your, uh, your SI Gators, man. That's good. That's a good plug. Fantastic for you. Plug that. Plug it. Plug it all the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think we're going to have um, Zach on at some point. What it would be it would be fun to have both of you on together and do like an SI Gators show. That would be For sure. Cool. Yeah, yeah, you just, just hit me idea. up. Yep. I think maybe halfway through the season we should we should have you and Zach come on and and talk about the the SI stuff and coverage and how you guys work together, etc. I think that would be a pretty cool uh, I think it would be a pretty cool episode during the season. For sure. Well, yeah, we actually didn't know each other uh, personally before this season. I actually had reached out to him uh, to, you know, just because I had seen his stuff. I liked his writing. I liked the publication and said, hey, you want to you want a photographer this year? Because they had never used a photographer uh, credential. They had never gotten one before. And he said, yeah, let's see if we can make it work. And here we are. So met him for the first time at the FAU game. And he's an awesome dude. Uh, looking forward to working with him for sure. Yeah, he is. a he, he is a really good guy. I like him. I don't, you know, I don't like a whole lot of people, but I like him. So I like you. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> to hey, make man. the team. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, man, thanks. I was, I'm glad I saw your little shout out when you said that. I want to talk some Gators. It was really cool of you to, to hop on and take some time to do this. And um, especially not only being a photographer, which is a really interesting thing for me, but also being a Gator fan and, and a generational Gator fan. Not only a generational Gator fan, but a generational gator photographer which i had no idea that that was the case like that's a really cool little story um but thanks for popping on man i really appreciate it and go gators and hopefully we'll see you um maybe we'll catch up with you in tampa and i look forward to seeing some of the content that you're putting out are you going to put them out um when you put out your your photographs and stuff like that are you like pretty much putting them out on the SI Gators account or are you putting them out on yours also? Like how does that work for you? So uh, Zach and I will work that out. I don't know if he'll post an album or if he'll just use them, you know, kind of piece by piece in stories. But typically um, what I'll do is after a game or during the game, I'll send him a few shots and then we'll either post a, an entire album after the game or uh, on our individual personal accounts on Twitter. Like I'll send out, some of my favorites from the game. I'll also post them on Instagram um, and uh, he should share them on his personal Twitter profile, which I think is like Zach underscore Goodall or something like that. Yeah. I think it's something like that. Yeah, I think it is. So I don't think his pictures are going to be as good as yours from the FAU game. Oh, his, Hey, he, he came out and had some great shots. I was surprised. It was his first time ever shooting a game. Uh, live so uh he he came out there and and absolutely killed it so uh I, his shot he posted a couple of them they look pretty good actually i was i was surprised all right all right i'll give that to him i still think you're better <laughs> oh, so thanks. it's okay 
You can you can prop yourself up, Chef. Don't worry about it. It's all right, man. Own it. Own it. I, I'm, own, I'm a humble guy, your, man. I, own your talents, man. You've worked hard to get here. Own your talents. Yeah, I, I all I know is that there's a lot of guys out there that I really look up to. Like I, you know, I mentioned their names earlier, and yep. just just going to continue to. Uh, oh, one one guy I forgot to mention that I would like to shout out is is James Gilbert. He's not a UF specific photographer. He shoots for Getty and. Uh, a bunch of different organizations, but he, he's been a huge influence on me as well. And, you know, these guys, I look up to them. I, I look at their photographs and I, I try to figure out how I can be better because ultimately, you know, I don't want to get uh, boring and post the same old stuff. I want to try and get better every game. So that's the goal. Every, I'm going to keep trying. Every picture you take makes you better, whether it's bad or good, because <clears throat> you're True. either going to learn, you're either going to, you're either going to learn the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. And you're going to improve on it no matter what. So every picture you take makes you better regardless of the outcome. So keep at it, keep working, man. You're, you're, you're doing great. And I'm just glad to see you back on the field after a terrible COVID year. Uh, hopefully we can get through this season and get through this stretch. <clears throat> I think they're pretty adamant about like, it's going to have to be a, you know, worldwide outbreak or something like they're going to go through the they seem like they want to get through the season with everybody intact and the fans in the stadiums and, and all that stuff so um you know i'm rooting for you to get all your shots and and do the absolute best you can and we'll uh we'll have you and zach uh some point in the season on together i think that would be really cool like i said to do a um an si gators episode and and uh like i said because i've i've interviewed zach before and and now i'm talking to you so to get both of you on together i think that would be a lot of fun I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I, we're happy to do it. Just, you know, shoot me a message or give me a call, and I'm, I'm happy to come back on. I appreciate you uh, reaching out, Chris, and uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. Yeah, I appreciate it too, man. Well, Agent Shep, um, Alex Shepard, photographer for SI Gators, uh, thank you for jumping on. I know he wanted to talk uh, about some Gators. He was he was hyped. He was hyped in the timeline. I want to get on. I want to talk about my team. So here it is. Uh, I really appreciate you popping on and, uh, and here's to a good season and we'll be in touch. We'll do this again soon. Yeah, man. It sounds good. Go Gators. All right. Go Gators, Shep. Thank you very much. You got it. All right.